Hey there, guys. Welcome to another edition of Bo Knows Business Podcast. My name is Nicole Cover. My friends call me Nick, and I am so delighted to be a part of such a great organization. We are 50 Black women with businesses each over a million dollars, and the purpose of our podcast is to share our experiences, our early influences, some of our business strategies and lessons learned and how we can help you as well. And this week, we are going down the ESQ lane. All right. This is my girl, my jam. We have another attorney, the first one that we're interviewing. Um, you guys are going to get so much out of this. Uh, she has been a resource to me, my family, and I'm sure countless other families. All right. She does estate planning. Lots of great nuggets here. Will you please help me welcome to the stage, Miss Amy Griffin Esquire. Hey, lady. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gracious, girl. I cannot wait to get started. Now, you might be one of the only ones that I like really get into the technical, you know, <laughs> what do you do? Because I think you're going to be a both and for so many of our listener, listeners, not just wanting to start a business, but really taking down your information, girl, you are a um, just a an amazing resource. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Right, be a part of the bow, right? Oh, absolutely. So we are definitely going to talk about that. You know the story. You know how we do it. We take our readers, our listeners, rather, through the chapters of your becoming story. So we want to go back a little bit to when you were that when that first chapter was created, your childhood. Give us a little bit about your background. Where were you born and raised? Tell me your early influences. How was your family? And were there some things looking back that you're like, hmm, that was a seed that was planted a little early in your life? Well, first and foremost, again, listening to the other bows, it has it has challenged me to think about how I got here, what really worked. And so I'm from the New England, Springfield, Massachusetts is where I was born and, and where I have my roots. And what's really cool about that is that my father had 15 siblings. And so we had this real strong sense of community. You didn't really have to um, have many friends because you had big family, but in addition, um, you know, my parents were both strong community advocates. So they were um, you know, civil rights folks. And it really wasn't, there was really no thought about wealth building. There, there was never a consideration about wealth building. It was what is, can you give? How can you be constantly thoughtful about giving back to your community? And it, and I don't know if, again, with my dad having 15 siblings and, and I think about the, the two bedroom house, right? And like, Wow. It wasn't it wasn't a consideration. But my parents got divorced when I was five. And we sort of my I lived with my mom principally, but then Springfield was our our, our route where we came back to, to spend time with my dad for all of the summers and holidays. So again, that was still that foundation. And so we were always, my parents were always doing something. And so what I've learned, I never really learned like resting. I vacationing was about working somewhere else, right? <laughs> doing some other community service. But the cool thing 
equal thing was as a mom, you know, she, we started off in Massachusetts, then she uh, went to Atlantic City, New Jersey, where she got her, uh, uh, her, her degrees and ended up getting her like PhD from Temple. And she was an educator. Both of my parents were educators. But when I was young, way before your time, there was this show called, uh, uh, it was a, uh, Diane Carroll was in the show. She was a nurse. Oh, yeah. And she had this goal to be in California. My mom had this goal. And so what she taught us, we moved from New Jersey to Ohio to San Diego, where I went to high school, where she sort of taught us that, you know, it's a progressive step to get to your goals. Like you don't give up because it's hard. And just because you can't get through all in one fell swoop, you just keep taking those steps. Right. And so that's one of the things that we, we learned without really having the conversation about it. Like mm -hmm. my dad was always um, about teaching people. And I remember, you know, always being at community service events or community relations events. And it was great because that's all you know, but it was always this high energy space. Yes. Oh, that is amazing. I um, And again, I, I keep um, saying if our, our listeners are truly listening to me, here's another pearl. I'm always looking for the similarities. Are there differences? Are there similarities? There are a lot of our both sisters that come from educators. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of our, I mean, and, and not just education as a, as a um, profession, but as a value, you know, mm -hmm. that constant learning, that constant, you know, open to, to new, you know, starting, starting again, continuing your path. And that seems to be yet another pearl in our, our bow necklace that we're stringing together with you. Because one of those things I think we hear parents say or that education is one of those things that nobody can take from you. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so, you know, as, as much as I didn't go to law school until I was 40, right? Because it was, um, again, one of the values, not so much that I wanted to be a practicing attorney, but I knew that, that um, I guess, part, one of my values as community activists is that the racial wealth gap that we were mindful of. Yeah. And they can't win the game if you don't know the rules and the rules are the law. So for me at 40, as a, with a divorced mom with, with, with two kids, I still went, I went to law school at night, worked by day and went to law school at night. So that, and, and one of the things I did, you know, was, was make sure that there was the importance of, it doesn't matter. I said, at 40, I'm still going to plan to be on 43. So mm -hmm. with that, well, I love it, girl. I, oh, you are having somebody in their car is like, yes, auntie, yes, that is amazing. You never start, stop dreaming, growing, and, and furthering yourself. That's amazing. Yes. Well, I want to, so that, that, thank you for that first chapter. Let's look at that second. So Prior to you going to law school, what was that career, um, you know, that previous career, number one? And then number two, take us from um, the career to entrepreneurship. Okay. So my, again, I, it wasn't all that profound or deep, but when I first got out of college, at first I was in college and I was supporting people with disabilities and it was a great career 
time-wise. I mean, let me just hear sort of, you can go to school and do this residential support services after, after, you know, after classes. And so I didn't have a whole lot of money. And, and so in order to be able to go to school and live and eat, um, I had this job and it was one of those jobs where it was fulfilling because I was, again, a, a, a servant, right? Being able to contribute. And then the whole strategy was I had gotten married right out of college and my, my husband was going to go to medical school first, right? So he went to medical school and I was supposed to work through. And then afterwards I would go back to, to graduate school. But as life had it, we didn't stay married. And so it was, okay, I just continued to work. And I worked in the, in the, in the field of supporting people with disabilities. And, you know, I, I, I was blessed to be able to, to, progress as career wise and I was thrilled at at the opportunity to serve. It's like I ran a number of programs and and, and had great opportunities. But my final job in working for the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was overseeing contracting and procurement. And the interesting thing about that is I saw that again I'm in Massachusetts and realized that black folks weren't going to have access. Yes. And it's not like anybody anywhere was saying, no, no, don't give black folks opportunity. But it's just the whole system was was created in such a way that black folks didn't have opportunities. Right. And so I and that's when I had the revelation of, OK, we got to be changing. When you see a need, you got to meet the need just because that's how I was raised. And that's when I went to law school. That's fantastic. I was. Uh, this is such a randomly uh, related point, um, but yesterday I had the occasion to meet a uh, an African American mass tort attorney. She was with. Uh, she is with a firm. Um, because I was actually looking, I don't know if this is appropriate, but you're an attorney, we're girls. I think you'll think this is interesting too, but like a mass tort um, claim with the relation between relaxers and cancer. All right, I'll leave that there. I'll keep it focused here because she said that their approach for taking mass tort litigation and matching it with civil rights and civil injustice because there are were so many products, so many things in the mm. commercial space that were tested on the black community, black and brown community and, and where they knew or should have known about some of the infirmities. And so when I hear you talking about, you know, being very community focused, using the law that literally just sprang to my mind mm. that, you know, the, that is such a blessing. You all are, uh, we as attorneys as, and we wear the, that hat, that dual hat being in a community that is underserved, maybe not explicitly, but implicitly and using our careers in order to fight those inequities, um, you're doing you're doing God's work, girl. Well, you know, and it's really like profound because it was funny because what I often think about is the opportunities for us to take the laws that are often used to oppress us to strengthen us, right? Yeah. And I remember my daughter is also an attorney. And I remember sitting and and she was being sworn in, and how real it came to me when they said that we are the protectors of the Constitution. Yes. Right. Yes. So, but if we don't, right, it's, it's there. Different. But yes. if we don't, 
we just are, are victims of whatever happens to us, right? Yes. If we don't fight and if we don't have someone to protect. So that I feel as if it's our responsibility to, to take that active role. I love it. No, I love it. Now I want to get more in the specifics, in the, in the details about what type of law you do. All right. Um, and I could definitely tell a personal story, but I want you to give us our general, um, give us your elevator pitch about what your practice is and how you really selected that aspect of the law to specialize in. So I am an estate planning attorney where we are committed to the creation, protection, and transfer of wealth, right? And so it's a, the story of how I got to select estate planning is, as we said, I was, I was a grown-up by the time I went to law school. And I'm a community, you know, daughter of community activists. And so how I even made that decision, again, is, is, was working with, um, you know, trying to get people access to capital or business opportunities through, um, after growing it, uh, realizing that contracting was restricted. After I went into law school, I created the New England Black Chamber of Commerce, right? And so I was working with, with businesses to try to create access and opportunity. And uh, <laughs> a thing happened. One of the business owners passed away. And I realized then at the, at the loss of wealth that he had created because there was no strategic plan. And then I went back to school and got my master of laws in estate planning and elder law so that we can strategically think and plan creatively, but how do we protect that wealth? And so again, it goes all back to my 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 work as an attorney has to be about how do we build for others. I can't really benefit from other people's misfortune. And I always feel like I can't prosper if my community doesn't prosper. So it's really going back to the values that my parents have imposed, imposed on me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I, and, you know, listen, I so I want to stay in here a minute. My my gut is that we should focus on how did you build your uh, your legal practice, but I just feel like you do set this is this is so important to the black community. What are some of the biggest misconceptions about uh, your practice? So I'm, I'm this is called a leading question <laughs> for those that are listening. But I'm like, you know, why why don't people, I'll just say, why don't people get wills? Why don't people, you know, what are the biggest reasons we don't plan? What are the biggest reasons that we um, don't pass on wealth through um, our wills and estate planning? What, what, what do you, what is the psychological kind of barrier there? Cause I know we don't do it. We have 30% of black folks and 50% of the, the uh, people in general have an estate plan. And so I, I always say if 50% of general and 30% of black, you know, we bring the number down, right? And, um, yeah. But part of it is that we don't think we have anything to plan for. Yes. We don't right. think we have anything to give, right? right. When you it, say wealth, you're like, I'm, I'm living that's not me. paycheck. That don't, that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> tell it, tell us differently. Tell us something we don't know. You know, there are so many ways that we can, and that's why it's truly amazing to have the benefit of someone who does this for a living, right? And I, there's so often people say, oh, I'll just do it on legal Zoom or I'll do, do this uh, or download something or write it back. But the reason why you use a, 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 an estate planning attorney, because there is so much that we take it for granted, as well as we don't know 
uh, without just by living. We don't know those those opportunities to create. You may not have a lot right now, but what you can create for the next generation is huge. So we talk all the time about how differently we could live if one if I didn't have any student loans, right? If if if, if if I didn't have to struggle for a down payment for a house, all of those things that I think about, we can position our children and our children's children to make sure we have. But even greater than that, most of us have created, you know, we, if we have something, a lot of us have bought a house, but if we don't create the strategy for preserving the house after we've passed away, we've lost it. And it's such a huge, I mean, I, I, I have examples all of the time. I don't have to make this stuff up because I live with folks who have made, uh, made great decisions and sometimes not so great decisions. And what happens often is that families stop talking to each other because of just a little bit of stuff. Yes. As opposed to those families that learn to build together yes. and then create these these great plans where it's like my generation's going to be not as great off as the next one, but we're going to strategically build it so that we're not just surviving, but we're thriving. And that's a whole new vantage point. It's a whole new decision making. Mm -hmm. And then if we are able to be thoughtful about it, it's like, OK, we can just get, you know, the, the insurance policy, yes. you know. Um, that we Tell us can about that. That's a that's a good quick nugget. Tell us how insurance policies in general can be a wealth building vehicle. So there are multiple ways, right? So I'm going to start. I'm going to give you two two basic examples. A lot of times people say I don't have, I haven't saved all my life. You can have an instant estate by having a life insurance policy. And one of the things that I I say to people all the time is, do not not leave money without instructions, right? Yeah, so great. what we know is that if I left money, at, let's say a million dollars to my my loved ones and they just get a million dollars, we all hear about lottery winners being bankrupt, yeah, right? Yeah. And so if we do that without the strategy and support of the uh, of, of structure of, the, of a trust or an estate plan, the chances are good that we're going to lose the money. Right. Yeah, yes. But let me tell you one of the greatest tools that I, I, I talk about all the time that every grandparent or parent, when you have a brand new baby, should do. Mm -hmm. As soon as that baby is born, yeah. buy a million dollar life insurance policy. Yes. Yes. Right? yes. Um, and put it in a trust. Right? And it's got to be a whole life policy. So it's, let's say it's a so whole they life policy. So if, let's say we only pay for it for like 15 years, right? Because then you don't have to pay for it anymore, but it's a million dollar cash value or um, benefit, right? Death benefit. Then they say, let's say you borrow, let's say, let's be generous, $400,000 for college. But that means, but we put rules on it. So it's not like they, they hang out in college, but they get a degree, right? They have to satisfactorily progress through college. Yes. And then let's say they can borrow $100,000 for a down payment of the house, right? Yes. Yes. And so that has set them up to want to have a great education with no student loan, as well as a down payment for house. It still keeps them responsible right. so they qualify for, for a mortgage, right? Yes. And so it's something that they're investing in. But then the coolest thing ever, they don't borrow anything else from it. They can take mm -hmm. equity from the house, whatever, but they don't borrow anything else from it. When they pass away. 500,000, oh, mind you, this, 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 this life insurance policy is not discoverable for the, when they apply for financial aid for college, right? Okay. So we'll them alone so they can get other perfect, perfect. 
But when they pass away, that's $500,000 more that goes into the trust yeah. for the next generation. Mm -hmm. So this is how we're building multi-generational wealth, right? Let's be strategic and thoughtful. And so that we can, when the scripture says, leave inheritance for your children's children. Yeah. Right. And yes. so that we, it, it's not a whole lot of work on it. It's done easily and early, but it creates a structure and support. Because if you think about, I can't even imagine if someone had given me, given me, so okay, here, Amy, here's a hundred thousand dollars for the down payment house. We'd get houses so, so much more early, right? Yes. Much earlier in our lives. Yes. And then, then the equity that we've been able to build up, right? Yes. That's a strategic foundational wealth building tool, right? That we can plan for systematically and easily we just got to know to do it wealth building 101 girl you have kicked that knowledge and i do i think as the bow collective you mentioned something um, which is going to help me segue into the collective but having families think about wealth collaboratively instead of competitively who's going to get what um that that kind of um, abundance versus lack mentality yes. is Absolutely. something that I think that uh, that plagues our community, uh, plagues people in general. And I think that's one of the things that we are trying to redirect with the Bow Collective. So I want to leave you with a few minutes to talk about what the collective means to you. I know it's been just a few short months, but I would love for you to tell our audience about it and what your your hopes uh, and vision are for our organization. Well, first of all, again, let me thank you for having the brainchild, right? Because it was, not only did you have the, the thought about it, but then you did it, right? And so pulling 50, 50 plus women together who have a commitment because we, you know, these are women who are successful in their own way, right? But the fact that they're trying to lend their voice to help lift others, that is a whole spirit that is amazing. And whenever I'm with other bow members, it is so inspirational. I, I can't even, the, the, the funniest thing is there are oftentimes we're, we're on Zoom and um, I'll be on the bow and my husband will like, hover nearby because the energy is so great that he too wants to be a part or experience it as well. He's a Bobo. He's a honorary <laughs> Bobo. <laughs> but it's so great because it's, it's like, how can we build together? We know that the uh, multi-strand multi cord is not easily broken, right? But the, 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 the unified energy one of the things that you know we've always often been told but most people may not want to do it is be, always be the not the smartest person in the room and when i'm with the bows i definitely feel like i'm not the smartest person in the room and there's so much that i can learn from and it is so energizing whenever i am with you all that it is like oh this is the best ever because it gives you inspiration and motivation in ways that you can't even you can't even anticipate it's huge it is so huge. It is as it compelled me to, to look and think in different ways. There's so many bows that I've, I've been tapping into to, 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 to build opportunities for different work that I'm doing. Because every time I, I meet with someone, it's like, oh my God, these, these people, these women are amazing. Right? Oh. So, well, you, 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 it's your, your catalytic and it definitely is you are reflecting the things that you are saying. You are all of that light and it is, is bursting um, throughout our organization. I'm so, so grateful. I can't believe our time 
is already up. I could do a whole nother 30 minutes with you. I want to leave you with one word. I'm sure there are dozens of people that want to stay connected with you and get more information. Can you give us um, your contact information, how we can stay connected, Amy? Sure. Again, I'm Amy Griffin. And our website is, is the URL, the easy one to remember is yourestateplanningattorney.com. So it is the, the easiest way to, to stay connected with us. We're on Facebook, we're on uh, LinkedIn as well, but um, Check us out on our website, yourestateplanningattorney.com. Thank you so much, sister. Have a wonderful day. And to you as well. And that concludes another episode of Bo Knows Business. Tell your friends. Follow us on social media at thebowcollective.org. We're having so much fun here. And I'm hoping that you are learning not only about business, but life. And um, I hope you feel more inspired by listening and following these amazing women. Take care.